All right. Well, we've got friend of the show. This yes. is, uh, I think this is thir- This is number three. I think so. Um, but Bo Biteman, uh, state senator uh, for District 21, so out in uh, Dayton, Ranchester area, Parkman area. Yeah. Um, Bo, thanks for coming by this thanks, morning. Thanks, Aaron. Good to see you again, yeah. my friend. It's always good to catch up and uh, see what you guys are getting ready for <laughs> for session. Um, kind of trouble we can get ourselves into. Yeah, no kidding. And that's that's not even a joke anymore, <laughs> I think, um, just how things are going. Um, yeah. First and foremost, Bo, I think everyone would like to know your your kind of recap of last year's session and this the, the special session. I mean, you guys have just really been, uh, since the pandemic, you know, really since 2019, mm-hmm. it's just been a freaking whirlwind. So. It has. It's been actually a blur uh, yeah. trying to – remember what we even did in the general session in mm-hmm. 2021 uh man it, it feels like it forever ago yeah we've had a special session in between and um a special session before that even to, to deal with covid so we've just been you know for a part-time legislature we've been full-time for quite a while now yeah. it seems like and and uh but yeah to recap the general it, it was kind of a uneventful session as far as landmark blockbuster bill type uh, legislation goes, but we were able to really, you know, kind of quietly rein in some spending on the general fund side with a supplemental budget. Um, I think we've cut probably another $430 million mm-hmm. out of the general fund alone last session. And it wasn't a budget session. It was just a general session, but we were obviously really short on cash then. Mm-hmm. And um, this was before the ARPA money that we're all paying for in higher inflation right now. Yep other story anyway yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we we were we were just buckling down clamping down on spending we did finally get voter id passed that was yep. kind of one of the bigger bills uh, as far as my bills go i think i had one bill signed in the law it was um, one that came kind of late in the process uh, an issue kind of cropped up over in teton county with the this private landowner that's her ranch has been in her family for about 100 years right um, they had to subdivide in order to pay the estate tax. Well, the uh, turns out the town of Jackson and the Teton County uh, weren't going to give her her water and sewer hookups if she didn't agree to do deed restrictions on her property and provide low-income housing. So they came to the private property rights champion and asked me to help them out and um, write a bill for them and, and make sure that that can't be done in Wyoming. I mean, in Wyoming, we pride ourselves on private property rights, right. and that was a major encroachment on their private I property I forgot about rights. that. You told yeah. me about that, but I didn't know. That's that's good. It I was kind of one of those under-the-radar yeah. things that came up, but it was a really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we got that. Uh, through the Senate, over to the House, passed the House, and the governor signed it. So wonderful! That was a good win for 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 Liberty. Yeah, but uh, for property, yeah, property, yeah. property rights. Uh, I ran the crossover bill. Oh no, not the crossover bill. The runoff bill. Runoff bill. Runoff election yep. bill. Uh, that gained a lot of hype and attention nationwide. And and um, you know, it, it was a bill that I've discussed before we've run it before i wasn't the lead sponsor on it but it's an idea that's been out there in wyoming for a long time mm-hmm. you know if we're, if we're gonna have basically a one-party system at least if we can't close the primary off to prevent non-republicans from voting republican can we at least get a runoff election if you don't get 50 percent plus one of the vote the top two go to a runoff and square off that way the winner can declare a mandate and yeah. they can say 
I got the majority of the vote. I'm legit. Instead of sometimes you'll have these jungle primaries with, you know, 12 people in the race, everybody, even their mailman, brother-in-law is running for Congress or Senate or governor. And, and, you know, the winner ends up with less than a third of the vote total. And that's just not, that's not a good way to govern. So that was the idea behind it. It uh, obviously didn't pass, didn't yeah. make it too far, but it'll be back this year. I think mm-hmm. uh, Representative Nyman's going to take it and try it over in the House first. I'll be bringing yeah. the crossover bill, speaking of yeah. the crossover bill this time around. Yep. So. Yeah, you know, the runoff, uh, I think that's important because you and I were talking about, like, even local elections are decided by less than 100 votes. Yeah. You know, and it'd be nice to just have two big, you know, the two, the two winners in the primaries yeah. and then... You know, then go from there. Yeah, and that was a lot of the debate was how far down ballot are you going to take this runoff right. election and how much is that going to cost? I just, I assumed that we would start with the top five electeds, the federal delegation, and the, the Wyoming legislature to start with. Yep. And if it was a success and people liked it, then we could move it down to county commissioners and other local races. But uh, at first, the idea was... Let's at least get it for the, the big races that draw a lot of attention that people get the most upset about, right, right. when when somebody wins with 21% of the vote or something like that. So yeah. that's why yep. I did that. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, so on you, uh, we've got a Go Be Wild exclusive. This week you're going to be announcing this bill. Um, you're working on it right now, you know, yep. um, but it is the crossover bill. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think people get runoff and crossover. Yes. Um differentiated so your crossover bill what's that intended for the the crossover bill is to say look you you know if you're a republican vote in republican primary if you're not a republican you don't get to pick the nominee for the other party it's kind of kind of a election integrity thing for the primary election so you can't have same day party switching and it really kind of tilts the race, and, and, and it's not fair for, for one party to go into another party's election and kind of pick the, the candidate they feel is, you know, in this mm-hmm. case, the most liberal. If the Republicans did it to the Democrats, it would right. be picking the most conservative Democrat. It's just kind of an integrity thing, and uh, people are kind of tired of it. And uh, we're, what this bill would do is just say, hey, there's going to be some safeguards here. If, if you honestly have decided you want to switch parties, there's ample time throughout the year to switch parties, mm-hmm. go down to the county clerk's office and get it done. But what my bill does is it closes that off for the primary election, starting where the, the candidate filing period begins, usually around the end of May. Okay. So this would close it off right when the campaign filing period begins, which kicks off the whole primary season, and it goes through election day of the primary election. So the day after the primary, if you decide you're, you know, going to switch parties, you can do that then all yep. the way through. You can do it in person at the general election. Yep. And so that's what this bill does. It's real easy, real simple, but uh, it, for whatever reason, it draws a lot of, a lot, lot of, of debate, yeah. a lot of heat. But um, you know, the Republicans have have been frustrated for a long time. The grassroots people that have put in all these all this volunteer effort, sweat equity. To, to try to get their candidates across the finish line and then to have a, uh, let's say, a nationwide dark money campaign that come in and a week before the election encourage Democrats and independents to switch to Republican to influence the outcome of the pro- Republican primary. They're right. rightfully mad, pissed off, and frustrated. 
and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. It, it drives me nuts too. Yep. Yeah. So this is where people can get the runoff and the crossover differentiated yeah. because the runoff is after, you know, is, is after the Correct. primaries. The runoff is if you get 50% plus one of the vote, you're, you're the winner. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it triggers a runoff election to be held at a, you know, say six weeks after right. four weeks, you can determine whatever yeah. the time frame yep. it is. Uh, that works for state statute, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's the that's the difference. Yeah, well, and it make the two make sense together, right? You you can't cross over before the primary, which makes sense because then we've got a runoff, you know, bill where if your candidate is you know close in these primaries, then there you go, you get a runoff, and mm-hmm. then then the two parties can go toe to toe. If that's exactly yeah, what what you'll end up with a runoff is <clears throat> typically your more moderate or liberal Republican will face off against your more conservative Republican, and then. You know, yep. may the best man or woman win. Yep. Um, Power to the people. There. Yeah. Yep. And you, you don't have the, uh, and if you take away the, the crossover voting, then you'll know what the true uh, vibe is in the Republican Party at that moment, what the mandate is, and, and what the agenda is going to mm. be. Let's fight it, fight it out within the party uh, during the primary process amongst Republicans, and then uh, we'll get behind the nominee for the general election. Yeah. Like we always do. Yep. Yeah. You bring up something that's important. I think anybody on any party, um, that's what you want is you want a consensus, right? Yes. Like you were mentioning, you know, 21% of the vote. That's, that's not even a quarter <laughs> of the vote. So yeah, as a party, it, you want, yeah. we, we want a guy at least 50%, you somebody know. we can all get behind for the general election. Yep. But if the, if it's, if it's a, you know, like you said, a 25% or 75% of the party didn't vote for that person, then we're all supposed to fall in line and support mm-hmm. that person. It makes it really tough. Yeah, we have a big And that's problem. why we have a lot of issues within the party. I yeah. Think. And this would go a long way to to solving that. Right. So the so the runoff one will be run by Chip uh, Nyman out of uh, the House. Yes. He's out of the House. Mm-hmm. And then yours will be the crossover bill in the Senate. Correct. Um, yes. Perfect. Um, what are some other things you're keeping an eye on this upcoming session. Is it a budget? Is this a budget yeah, session? Yeah, it's now? a budget session. Oh, it man. seems like every session is yeah. a budget <laughs> session because every time I I got elected in 2016, so my first session was a general in 2017 in the house. And we had a supplemental budget then because we were the sky was falling, we're broke. Yep. Sound familiar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that way every year since oh, I've been for, in office. For six years. That's, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've ha- always had a supplemental during the general. So it, it just seems like every session is a budget yeah. session. And, you know, this one's shorter. They, you know, it's a month. So we get a lot of a lot of work done in a short amount of time. During a budget session, senators can only bring three bills personally. So that's a big challenge for me because – you know, I'm an ideas guy. I have a lot to get done. I want to kick maximum ass while I'm in office because yep. you never know when the voters are going to get tired of you and move <laughs> on. So I want to fulfill all my campaign promises. I want to to get as much done as I can and limiting it to three bills really. Yeah, it's tough. Can, it makes it tough. So you got to really figure out which ones can wait till the next general if I get reelected. Right. Well, you guys, um, you know, is there going to be a lot on the budget side, you know, because we've cut, like you mentioned, we've mm-hmm. cut a lot. You know, I, I kind of I applaud the governor. He did a great job on his recommendations, you know, trimmed a lot of fat, which um, I think needed to be done. Um, but what are some things this session that budget wise are going to be some big hitters? Well, obviously, the the ARPA funds, the, mm-hmm. all that money we just printed. And at the federal level, that's come to the state that we have to spend, and it came with strings attached. So we got to be careful about what we do with this money. Uh, the conservatives are obviously going to want to either 
give the money back to the people as a rebate um, or put it in savings and park it somewhere where, you know, people can't get their hand in the cookie jar and take that money and spend it on just blow it. Right. And uh, there'll be a lot of that. A lot of that <laughs> Let discussion. Me tell you, there's going to be uh, a fight when, you, when you're talking billions of dollars mm-hmm. of, quote, free money to spend. The big spenders, they're going to be beside themselves trying right. to spend that money and grow government. Conservatives, you know, it's always harder to be the person to say no to everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was elected to do is to protect the, the state budget and, and be a fiscal conservative. So, you know, I have a mandate to say no. Yep. And to make sure that we're doing this fiscally responsibly. And, and if anything, if we can't give the money back to the people who that's your money. I mean, we borrowed it. Yep. In your name and your kids' name and your grandkids and your great grandkids' <laughs> name. So we just ran up the debt a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yep. And we're paying for it in inflation. But so what are we going to do with this money that we've spent? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the best idea other than tax cuts, which I don't think we can do with the strings attached to this money, is to just put it away in yeah. savings. And we'll put it in the, in the education fund, permanent fund for education. And that'll generate a lot of interest income. I mean, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars putting in the corpus of a trust. It's yep. going to kick off a lot of money yeah. and interest. Set our kids up for the future. Also, and put some in the permanent mineral trust fund mm. as well, which sure. funds the government. There's a That thing keeps growing and growing. And as, we, as it grows, it takes the burden off, kind of smooths out the boom-bust cycle. Yep. That's the whole idea with putting all this money away into these permanent funds. Eventually, we can be trust fund babies if... We can learn to live within our yep, means this, and not spending. <laughs> and stop spending more than we yeah. take in. So it, it, that's that's the goal. And um, what uh, has anyone done the numbers yet of if we did like a rebate to Wyoming citizens? Has anyone uh, guesstimated? Not since the last special, well, two special sessions ago, okay. I wanted to take that COVID money and just give her write a check for every Wyoming resident. Sure. And that turned, I can't remember what the number was, but it was tens of thousands for a family of four. Okay. So this is going to be more than that because this is more money. Sure. This is $1.25 billion, I think. Oh, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be quite a bit it, for households. It's a chunk for a 500,000 population state. Yeah. So, mm. but that's, that's dead on arrival. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, you, you could hear the crickets chirp when I brought that <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> idea. Um, you know, the people loved it, but yep. my colleagues in the government yeah i think that was too cute is that you think the senate has some pushback on that in the house or both both, yeah, both sides yeah, interesting yeah. i think carter's sitting there i think a couple grand sounds pretty nice to me doesn't it <laughs> yeah. interesting well i mean but no one can blame the next thought is put it in the you know education k-12 fund and then the mineral trust fund i mean they're no no you wouldn't get any balk out of me out of that you know yeah. and that's that's where a lot of the debate's going to be is where to park the money sure obviously i think we've got the votes in the senate to stop a lot of the frivolous spending that the house may do um mm-hmm. and some other senators may propose but um the the debate will be where we put the money there's sure. a lot of people have different ideas um as to where that money should go but i those are the two counts that i think should be yeah and we need to replenish the rainy day fund too and make yep. sure that thing's got uh, enough to sustain us because when this federal money runs out, guess what? We're right back to where we were yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our budget situation hasn't improved that much. Yeah. I mean, the price of oil went up, the price of natural gas went up, but you know, it, it's temporary. Yep. 
and still I, a boom bust. Still a boom bust. Mm-hmm. We still got to live within our means and ratchet down the spending that we kind of got accustomed to yep. the last decade. Yeah, and readjust to be able to live on on less money and be more be more flexible. Yep. Yeah, you know, we I had Ashley Harp Street on from the mm-hmm. Wyoming Taxpayers Association, and she kind of voiced the same concern about we've cut it down the last two years, and we kind of got lucky with this ARPA money. Yeah. So we got to be smart with that. And then, you know, we're going to get lucky this year probably with the boom bust. And so, you know, having, you know, legislators understand like we got, you know, can't spend anymore. Like <laughs> just because we got, you know, a, yeah. a blank check from the feds, we, you know, yeah. the situation's still the same. Yeah. Um, so that's great to hear from a local representative. Um, I'd really, I'll just ask you this. I think, um, you know, right now, I think Wyoming's fully open. We have no restrictions. Um, but, uh, you know, any thoughts on how Wyoming did throughout COVID? You know, Governor Gordon, I thought, um, you know, for some of the flack he got, I thought he did a pretty decent job, you know. Um, but what are some thoughts um, that you thought Wyoming did pretty well, you know, throughout the pandemic? Um, you know, Ashley Harp Street mentioned that we actually kind of the end of 2021 – we were seeing a lot of, uh, we saw a lot of travel and tourism, and then we saw a lot of, you know, sales tax increase, yeah. you know, which was interesting. So what are your thoughts on, you know, on that? Well, going back to the very beginning of the pandemic, <clears throat> we were just leaving Cheyenne um, when things really started to get serious. And I remember we would get on Zoom with the governor, uh, the whole legislature would be in consultation with the governor and his staff as to how we were going to proceed. Mm-hmm. And I remember those meetings were, you know, were pretty freaky. You know, we didn't know what was happening. Right. And the governor did a good job leading us through that. Um, and obviously, if we're going to armchair quarterback it, we shouldn't have shut down. Yeah. Ever. I mean, this is Wyoming. We shouldn't have shut down. Yep. Uh, but besides that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight though, being you know? what it yep. is. Um, I didn't support it then. I don't, I don't support shutdowns now. But mm-hmm. it, we just should say from here on out never do that again yeah lesson learned we're not going to do that again but for by and large compared to the rest of the country we were open for business yeah there were some businesses that obviously were negatively affected and some never recovered right which was terrible yeah should never have done that to them it was awful and i'll always remember that Mm -hmm. it was not good but the masking of our kids i think we could have done that better in school the schools were open thank god yeah but it should have been optional for parents to have that say, do I want my kid masked or not? And that was the big fight of this year. And I ran that bill during the special session to make it. So it was an option Mm -hmm. gave that right back to the parents It failed by a couple votes in the Senate. But, um, you know, so some of our COVID policies were just strange. They weren't consistent across the board. They were just kind of silly. Um, I'm glad that, um, you know, Supreme Court did what they did as far as, you know, covering our butts because we failed to act during special session to protect um, employees from mandates. Right. You know, we failed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, utterly failed them. And it was a disgrace. It was one of the lowest points in my career. We had the, we, we scratched and clawed to get the votes to call us in the special session because the governor wouldn't do it. So we got there and uh, we came up short by just a couple votes on vaccine passports, on um, being discriminated against based on your vaccine status. 
the Grace Smith Medical Freedom Act, which I sponsored, all of them failed. Right. And it was rough mm-hmm. because you're, you're hearing from your constituents who are desperate. They're going to lose their job if they don't get the jab. And they're like, this is Wyoming. We're supposed to be free. Yep. We should be the beacon of freedom for this country. And here we are enacting policies or letting employers treat people like they're in California. Yeah. You know, it was, it was insane and it was pretty disheartening. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. I, you know, we, we got to move forward and, and we got to continue to fight for, for freedom and protect people's individual rights. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit on some key points. Like I think the school district wise, like here in Sheridan County, I think, um, was a great, it was, I think it was a great thing because now people are more in tuned with, yeah. Oh, my school board makes that decision. My County commissioner yeah. makes, and you know, we could point and blame at who it is, but it's like, those, those were the two local ones, yeah. you know, for schools with kid, you know, kids and masks and things like that. So I think it was a good thing. Now, social media makes it whatever it is, but, um, you know, hopefully we see that across the state where it's, you can point at your legislators, you can point at the governor, but really it's you picking your school board and it's right. you picking your County commissioners, you know, Aaron, and that's a good point. The silver lining in all this mess, um, is a lot of people woke up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got involved that have never been involved in their life. And, and for a guy like me, that's usually charging the hill and I look back and there's nobody behind me. <laughs> it was nice to see some people behind me for yep. the change. And it was nice to see, um, local people stepping up and standing up for their kids and standing up for their rights. And, and hopefully they'll stay engaged and hopefully this will lead to more civic involvement across the board. Mm-hmm. And so now people understand. And, and also the, the whole COVID thing, if you, I don't know if you've seen the school choice poll numbers, they've gone through the roof. Oh yeah. It was an eye opener for parents on, on the whole idea of how we educate kids, yep. where should the money follow the student and not go, should we be funding students, not systems? It, it's a winner even amongst Democrats, like a majority of Democrats support school choice now. So you're going to see that across the country. Yeah. Um, and you ran, to, you ran a bill, I think, in the House for school choice, didn't you, a I couple years back? So. Oh, no? No. Okay. I mean, it's been talked about in Wyoming, but the Wyoming Education Association is the most powerful lobby in the state. <laughs> so a lot of people get a little gun shy when it comes to that. But, sure. you know, I think at the end of the day, we we'll, that's a discussion that needs to be had in Wyoming is mm. how that money flows. Does yeah. it go straight to the districts or does it go to the parents? Yeah, follow the kids. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... I obviously, you know, where I probably stand yeah. on that. Um, I think, um, you know, a lot of parents I talk to would be like, man, I wish we could have a choice. You know, if the public schools, if the government schools are going to mandate that my kid wear a mask or get vaccinated for COVID and get their 30 second booster shot, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't agree with that, I should be able to take that money and use it to go to a private school or, yeah. or whatever school, right. charter school, whatever. online, whatever, whatever. Yep. It should be the parents' choice. Mm-hmm. And so I would support that in a heartbeat. I yeah. think that's something that we need to talk about in Wyoming. And it would actually drive the cost of education down um, because you'd have competition. Yep. And competition makes everything better. Yes. So I yeah. think that'd be a good thing. Yeah. No, and I think, um, I don't know, uh, I'm vaccinated. Are you vaxxed? I'm not. I have the natural. Uh, you had it. I had it. Yeah. Damn near killed me, so I got the T-shirt and uh, <laughs> the antibodies. So I'm good to go. Now, did you... Um, yeah. Did your doctor recommend the McCullough protocol? What's that? Uh, the the um, 
the antibodies and the um uh frick, what are those called the the shots the antiviral um well, so what happened with me was um because then you really got pneumonia sick. yeah i got really sick last january and um uh my colleague in the senate anthony bouchard said if hey if you ever get covid i know a doctor down here in cheyenne that's really good on the therapeutics and he'll help you out so i did i you know we got back from arizona Alyssa had a hockey tournament down there and i started to feel pretty rough got tested sure enough had covid mm -hmm. called anthony he got me in touch with this doctor and uh, i got the hydroxychloroquine ah, that's I got okay. started on yeah. that yep. but i started it too late i waited too long to get tested and yep the effectiveness of that kind of wanes after a while so i started taking a downward spiral <laughs> my wife was down for maybe 24 hours and popped right back up my kids didn't even have any symptoms they yep were fine did they, she take the uh no her, she didn't need anything okay. she was fine uh i just got worse and worse and worse sure. eventually i think i had to go to the er here in sheridan and dr paulus is his name called in the antibody stuff for me and okay i was i was, I was a brand new man after that yeah I felt amazing so i think so. that's the i think that's the mccullough protocol if you would have got the 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 chloroquine earlier probably would have helped yeah. you, but you got the antibodies in the, in the yeah. hospital. So, um, I wanted to bring that up mm -hmm. because, um, what you're against is the mandating, you know, cause right. you've had it. So you're not necessarily saying you're against the vaccine as it, as it works, you know, and I'm vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my choice. Cause my yeah. wife and I had a two year long trip planned to Greece. <laughs> and I was like, I will, you're not missing that. You can inject me with every, whatever <laughs> you want. My wife and I are going yes. to Greece. Um, but, uh, um, I'm not getting the boosters though, but, uh, that's a different conversation. So I want to make that clear for anyone yeah. listening. You're not, you're not saying the vaccines don't work or anything like that. You're just against the, the mandates and I'm forcing all for personal freedom yes. and choice. And yes, uh, exactly. I, you know, I've said it, I've, I know a lot of people have got the vaccine and whatever. Yep. It's their choice. Yep. Just don't make me get it. Especially after I already had the virus. Yeah. You had the worst one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it makes no sense. And that's where it, this COVID policy has gotten so political. Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately, um, and that's where we're at. It, it's, it's a strange time we're living. This uh, episode is brought to us by, or brought to you by, the listeners and the viewers, uh, Fly Sheridan, Sheridan County Airport. They're a sponsor of the show. Um, all of us have probably flown out of the Sheridan County Airport yeah. direct to Denver. Um, it's a great, uh, great service. Um, it's getting better and better. Um, there's more than two flights now, I was told, um, from from them that they've got three or four flights a day direct to denver so book your direct flight out of sheridan at united.com and then uh, a new sponsor super proud of getting this one with aaron perez from fine sight and sound they offer uh premier home and business audio and visual integration so nice. uh bo you're a frequent uh part um customer of the pony um <laughs> I'm trying to lost the word there. What that, what the <laughs> fan, the patron, yeah. you're, you're a patron of the pony. We just had our fantasy football. Party yeah. Shout out Ty Bach. Uh, Thanks, Ty. Yeah. Uh, maybe go be should be there with <laughs> Logan Wilson playing in the Super Bowl. Ty. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Fine Sight and Sound just redid the Pony sound system wow. and TVs. Um, and if you are building a home or you have a home that you want to renovate with smart technology, so they do networking, uh, the, the audio, the TVs, golf simulators. So anyways, if you nice. want the premier audiovisual sensory experience here in Sheridan, Wyoming, Fine Sight and Sound. So, all right. 
So, Bo, we talked about your crossover bill. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of dragging this out. I'm hoping somebody calls your phone, uh, you know, <laughs> to ask you if you're running it. No, just kidding. Um, well, the New York Times has been bugging me, but I don't talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we can ignore them. Uh, but uh, a certain former president would be calling you, so that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, he may or may not have an interest in what, yes, goes in, on in Wyoming. Yeah. Um, speaking on that, yes, whatever information you can divulge. Um, but you were, as we were joking earlier, you are you were in the running to be in the running. Uh, to run against Liz Cheney for the House. Without being in the running. Yeah, you were, yeah <laughs> without being in the running. Uh, you uh, you got invited to go to D.C. Um, and kind of meet with uh, Trump's Trump's team, right? Or really the GOP's team, I would say, national. Uh, it was actually President Trump himself. Okay, and awesome. It was, yeah, it was at his uh, golf resort in Bedminster, New Jersey, is where oh, the meeting was. Yeah. Very nice. So back in last session, you asked about 2021 general session um some national organizations were kind of kicking around wyoming to see who could possibly run for congress against liz cheney after what she had done and i was interviewed a few times you know people asked me if i was interested i said no i'm not interested and but thank you and then you know tell them who i thought would do a good job and um, they kind of kept in contact throughout the spring after session got out and then uh, it started picking up more and more throughout the spring and summer uh, as the people that were in the race weren't gaining any traction with the voters and their fundraising wasn't doing so hot. Uh, President Trump, um, his team was looking at me and been mm -hmm. looking at me and was hoping I'd give it a second thought. And so I decided, well, you know, if I could get the president's endorsement, why wouldn't I run? Yeah. You know, yep. if I can help my country and my state. So I agreed to go out there and meet with him and see what you know, what he it was all about. Because yeah. if he didn't like me, why would I even get in the race? Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, was, yeah. If I showed up and he was like, "Oh, who's this guy?" <laughs> you know, why would I spend the the money getting mm -hmm. in the race if I didn't have a chance? And turns out he liked me, and it, I took my daughter Alyssa with me out there, and she had a blast. And she's my little political consultant. You know, <laughs> she loves that stuff. Your manager, my manager, uh, twelve years old, but. She knows a lot about politics, and she's good. She kept me – I was freaking out, the plane ride out there. I was so nervous, and it was a big job interview. Yeah. You know, it was the biggest one of your life, and, you know, I didn't know I would get an hour with the former president and just sitting across from him talking like we're talking about yeah. issues and joking around. And He's hilarious. You get <laughs> – He's he's so different than what you see on TV and oh, what, sure. how the media portrays him. He's you know he's just a down to earth, laid back guy. He's funny. He's so funny, and so we we hit it off really well. And yeah. So then that kind of kicked things into motion. Like okay, well maybe this is actually going to happen. So mm -hmm. Started looking at that. At the end of the day, turned out the donor class wanted a woman to sure. run against uh, Liz Cheney. So. We ended up with Harriet Hageman, who's a friend of mine, and she's going to do a great job. She's going to be a phenomenal congresswoman. Yeah. And, and I think uh, she'll she'll do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, you know, run against a woman, you know. That's, yeah, yeah, I can see the yeah. pros and cons yeah. of that. But uh, I, don't, I don't get in identity politics, so <laughs> as poor white guys, we get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a little Korean in me, <laughs> no, so, so I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, so. Uh, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> um well, what, uh, so it sounds like, cause you and I were, we're good friends. So yeah. we were, you kind of told me about like, well, they asked me and I was kind of like, well, you know, this was originally, and I, mm -hmm. I understood your take on, I could do more work here in yeah. the Senate. 
Um, and at the time, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the pandemic yet. Um, but you're like, ah, you know, my girls are at an age where it just yeah. couldn't do that. You know, the campaigning's a lot of work. Um, but yeah. then, you know, they must've had their eye on you. Cause then you kind of, in a year you're kind of like, well, you know, they keep <laughs> pushing me now. So they um, made it sound pretty desperate. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like your country needs you get in the race. Well, now. like you said, when the former president says you, you need to come meet me, you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I'll do that. Yes. So, um, and I would like to relay to your listeners that, uh, you know, when I did meet with president Trump, I wanted him to, I wanted to relay to him from people that I've talked to in Wyoming I said, if I ever got a chance to meet President Trump, I wanted to personally thank him for for doing what he did. He didn't have to run for president. Mm-hmm. He had a good life. He was famous. Everybody liked him before he got into politics. Yes. <laughs> he had a lot of money. He had a successful business going. But he loves his country. And that's one thing that people need to understand. He's a very patriotic man. If you've ever seen his rallies, his music's very patriotic. He loves his country. And I just want to thank him on behalf of Wyoming. And it really, I think it touched him. Yeah. He knows that we support him out here and he knows that we have his back and, and, uh, he's, he's there fighting for us every day. He's back there behind the scenes, still working at his desk and where there's Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster, wherever he's got a Trump property, he's yep. working <laughs> and trying to do good things for this country. So very cool. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, uh, a joker. What what makes him funny? Like, is he sarcastic? He's or very he... sarcastic. Okay. He was busting my balls as soon as I walked in his office. He says, "Hmm, you know, he's yeah, he's nice to my daughter, and then you know, I meets her, and oh. he's sizing you up a little sizing bit. Sizing me up. Yep. I sit down. First thing he says, "You were tough on me in 2016." <laughs> You're a cruise guy. I said, "Yes, sir. I was a cruise guy. I was a you know the, the county chairman yep. of the cruise campaign." Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he had this stack of oppo research on me on his desk. I could see he was flipping through this binder. I'm thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> Everything's coming well, out My whole now. life's probably in that binder. And he yeah. was, like, bringing up tweets I tweeted about him and stuff. From, yeah, but he was just giving me a hard time. And yeah. I said, you know, I just, I fought like hell for Ted Cruz because he was my guy. Yep. And I said, but, you know, you won the nomination, and I supported you then and support you now. So that's just the way it goes. He was probably testing you there. Yeah, to make yeah. sure I wasn't going to give him some bullcrap yeah, answer. Yeah, bullcrap yeah. answer, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see him being sort <laughs> I feel like he's a smart guy, and he yeah. knows he knows how he controls a room. So being yeah. sarcastic is like, you know, yeah. uh, interesting. Cool. Well, very cool. <laughs> um, I've never heard that. So, um, And you can share that now since yeah. it's all done and over with. Yeah. Um, you know, last couple things, Bo, we were talking about this a little bit. Um, the state GOP conference will be here in Sheridan. Um, we believe that's early May, I think, sometime around there, something like yeah, that. Yeah, April or May. Yeah, so. i get my calendar out. Yeah, no, you're, that's way far ahead for you. So <laughs> I got a lot um, to do between now and then. So. But uh, is there anything else you're, um, oh, this is my question, yeah. What are you looking forward to this spring and summer? You, you're busy with hockey right now. Your daughters right. are in the travel, the 3017, right, is it 3017 or what? Well, they're both on the Sheridan Hawks uh, local program. My oldest daughter is also on the Team Wyoming. Team Wyoming, there you go. Yeah. They, they travel all over the country, so. Yeah. That keeps you busy. That'll be going until March. Yep. Yeah, yep. So. Session, hockey, and then uh, summertime. Summertime, I'm, well, unfortunately f- for me, I have to probably, yeah, I'm probably going to run for re-election. Yeah. Newsflash for you. Yeah. Breaking news on <laughs> Gobi, Wyoming. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll, that's what I'll be doing all spring campaigning. and summer. Campaigning, yep. Uh, campaigning is the worst. Yep. But you got to do it. And, um, you know, I just, I'm kind of an introvert. I don't really like 
public speaking and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hate fundraising. Yeah. I hate it. So, you know, asking people for money is tough, but campaigns aren't cheap. So you yep. got to do it. And it's just, it's the worst part of it. Yeah. I'm a policy guy. I like going to making policy. Yep. Write up the bills, talk yeah. about it. Yep. And yeah. some people love, some people it's the opposite. They love the campaigning right. and the political aspect of it, but they're terrible on policy or they don't even care about policy. Right. So it, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Man. So yeah, this is a whirlwind for you. Cause really the last two years have just been COVID. Yeah. And then now you got to read, you got to. Yeah. Re- and it's back to the, I mean, the four years in the Senate went by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like in the house, you're always running for right. election. And, and it was always just, it was such a short, the two years goes by way too fast and you can't even get anything done. And then you're already have to, you know, yeah, start campaigning and running against you and yep. trying to take your spot. And it's just, yeah, it's what it is. Well, hopefully these next four years, you know, will be a lot slower compared yeah, to the COVID years. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Things are, this country is, is going for, it's going through a lot of changes quickly. Yes. So yeah. We've got our work cut out for us. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're in there and uh, we're excited to see uh, hopefully that runoff bill and your crossover bill. I think yeah. those those should get some traction. I feel like those are going to gain some traction. Um, I think so. I think this is the year, at least for the crossover bill. I yep. think I've had good conversations with the governor and the secretary of state. I think they're finally coming along and, and seeing it. it is a need. And so it's something we can get done. Um, well, and, and one thing about bills, you know, I think I think it's the whole uh, schoolhouse rock, you know, how, you know, it takes a while to get mm-hmm things the details worked yep. out you know get people used to an idea mm-hmm. and, and it's it's politics is a long game yeah and it's necessarily hard to get major change done in a state in you know, legislature because a we're part-time and b you know it usually takes two or three stabs at it to get it yeah and so and some things longer when I mean, we've we've been pushing voter id for years yep years and years and years since before i got elected um, and we finally got it done. So it takes time. Yep. And that's it, okay. That's okay. okay. Yeah. You, you don't want to be like Washington, D.C., where every two years something's changing. The radically. pendulum swings yep. so far one way and then back the other way. Yep. And it's just, it's, it's not good. Yeah. Slow incremental progress is good. Have a few election cycles in between to make sure the people are still supporting what you're, what you're doing mm-hmm. and, and uh, go yeah. from there. Yeah. Well, Bo, thanks for your time. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for coming on and announcing the crossover bill. Yeah. Because um, that is that is something you're working on this week, yes. so we're happy to get that out in front for you. Um, I'd we'll, be happy to come on afterwards and yes. give you a postmortem on the budget session. Yeah, we might. See what happens. We might. Go BYO might try and make a trip to Cheyenne. All right. We've been told that... You know, everyone's down there. You guys are stuck in Cheyenne, so it's like you know. Hey, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Might as well try and get everybody. Nice to see a familiar smiling yes. face down yeah, there instead yeah. of all the mean old lobbyists. Yep, that don't like me. ain't no lobbyists. <laughs> <laughs> but perfect. Well, that's Bo Biteman, state senator for District Twenty One. Thank you.